Howdy. You're listening to the Think Brazos podcast. BCS Habitat for Humanity started this podcast back in 2020 as a way to get to know our policymakers and advocate for good housing policies in a growing community. Over the last two years, we've interviewed experts from the Mercatus Center in D.C. on how better housing policies can reduce the spread of the coronavirus. We've talked to local residents about how proposed legislation in College Station might impact them. And we've interviewed local candidates running for political office in the November elections. What we haven't done yet is interview primary candidates, but that changes in 2022. We've just interviewed the four Republican candidates for Brazos County Precinct 2. Why just Republicans, you might ask? Because there are no Democrats running for this office, so the primary election is the election. By the way, even if you live inside city limits, you're still a county resident, so this election matters to you too. And if you're in Brazos County, but not in Precinct 2, you can still get value out of this series because these candidates discuss the challenges that the entire commissioner's court will face together. And Precinct 2 will be one vote among five for county-level decisions. Thanks for listening, and be sure to share these episodes with your friends before you vote, on or before March 1st. And just remember, think local, think Brazos. joined by Ronnie Vitulli, Vitulli, if I'm I'm pronouncing it right. That's good. Okay, Vitulli, who is running for Precinct 2 Commissioner's Court uh, in the primary, and I think the election for the primary is on uh, March 1st. Correct. Is that right? Correct. Um, So we're really thankful he uh, came on Think Brazos today uh, and wanted to start with um, a little bit about yourself, uh, whatever you want to talk about, background. Uh, I know you were the mayor of Curtin. Correct. Which was interesting to me because I didn't know they had a mayor. (laughs) And so I definitely want to talk to you about that today and how that went down. But uh, yeah. So who are you? Yeah. So uh, (laughs) I've been uh, living in Brazos County on a on a family farm. I've been living there for 25 years, but it's been in our family for 140 years. So I'm a fourth generation. Wow. Uh, living there, and I got two other yeah. generations behind me right now living there. So six oh, generations great. on the same property. That's cool. So uh, I, I love. Uh, I live in the Curtin area. I live in Curtin, and I love. Okay. I love Curtin, and I love Brazos County. And uh, so that's one of the things that kind of brought me to where I am today. Is I want to. Um, there's some things I think Brazos County we need some some help on, and I think I have the skill set uh, both through my. Uh, being a city councilman in Curtin mm-hmm. and then being mayor there for 10 years. Uh, plus, I, I currently work at Texas A&M as a project manager. Okay. So one of the things on project management is you have to get um, a lot of the di- a lot of different uh, stakeholders together. Okay. And that's that's one of the things I think I can bring to the commissioner's court is uh, the county has to deal with a lot of different yeah uh, sure the different organizations uh, federal yeah. government state government so. Right. I think I have the, the skill set and the experience that's going to be required to, to do this uh, do this right. So were you involved with um, the incorporation process? Like, were you part of that group that decided Curtin needs to incorporate, or did you come along afterwards? Uh, well, uh, I was I was part of that group, but we had a, a couple of guys that were kind of leading that effort. Okay. 
but I was in, uh, the first year uh, of our incorporation. I was I was in city on city council, and um, and that's another perspective that I have. Uh, I, I've seen how uh, a municipality mm-hmm. how it how it starts from from the ground up. Yeah, and there's a lot of a lot of things that the people wouldn't think about. You know, like getting yeah. a tax base and how does that work and uh, yeah. We've gone through a lot of a lot of changes, and and um, you know I was fortunate enough to, to lead in in most of those uh, through my ten years as mayor, and even while I was on city council. Yeah, that's that's really interesting, actually, because uh, you think about how few people in Texas today get to play a part in the incorporation of a city, because most of them happened 100, 150 years ago. So yeah. that's. Uh, that's some interesting stuff. Um, yeah. Why did why did you um, decide to make that that jump as far as the incorporation? Well, or why did you as a community? I guess. So so um, w- one of the things in the rural area of the county that uh, the county just has no jurisdiction of for mm-hmm. and and also for that matter the state is um, how how land use is going to be done. Okay. And so for the community of, of Curtin. Uh, uh, we we voted uh, to incorporate to help uh, steer us in the direction that the citizens of that area okay. wanted to do, Got and so it. that was the main focus at, at that point was to help with that uh, how how growth was going to happen in Curtin because there's very few regulations in the county related to building a house or a business is that what you're correct yeah there, there actually are none the or only the thing world. that the jurisdiction that the county has is uh is in the subdivision uh planning process like lot size things like correct that. and that's other than that that's uh, that's about it okay so what was the what was the beef well uh the there was a, a developer that had purchased a, a large uh track of land uh somewhere in the 100 110 acre and his, his intent was to go and be put uh, one acre uh, lots in that mm-hmm. 100, 110 acre, and uh, basically it was getting geared towards towards the mobile home uh, park okay. area. In Curtin, or it, in what is Curtin? That's correct, what it's, okay. what it's in Curtin now. Oh, okay, and so the citizens, including yourself, didn't like that, that idea. Yeah, it's not, it's, it's not uh, it wasn't geared towards, we don't want, necessarily want mobile homes mm-hmm. or mobile home parks in our area. The, the, the issue that, that comes with that is when you have uh, that kind of density and there's no infrastructure for that. So scale was kind yeah. of the issue. Yeah, when you, and, and, and of course in the county, we have no uh, uh, water waste treatment plants available to us mm-hmm. and so all these uh any 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 home or mobile home that's put on in yeah. county property has to use which typically is always an aerobic system mm-hmm. so uh, that that can become that density can become a, a health issue too if, oh. if things aren't maintained correctly oh i see like if it overflows or something happens yeah you know people oh, have okay. to people have to maintain their their septics their aerobic systems with with chlorine tablets and things like that and uh, some some companies, uh, you have to have a contract. It's a requirement by the county to have a contract on your septic system. And, and some companies do a good job and some companies uh, don't. And as, as mayor, uh, we, we, I would get calls of, of people saying, hey, I, I smell something from an aerobic system. Mm-hmm. And you know, some, some companies, they don't even get out of the truck and they just, it's just a more of a, a formality. And it's a mandate through mm-hmm. the county that you have to have a, a contract uh, on your aerobic system. Really? Okay. Yes. Um, 
That's that's interesting stuff. So so to change gears a little bit and, and look at what you're running for now um, for the commissioner's court precinct two, um, what would you say is the primary or single biggest reason that you are running? Charles, what pushed you into it? I guess. Well, we we have. Uh, I guess my some of my main issues that I'm looking at mm -hmm. is is number one is our property tax. Okay. Um, there's been claims of, of lowering property taxes, but in reality, what's going on is is they're 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 either staying the tra the tax rate is either staying uh, flat, or there may be a slight increase. Like this past year, it was point zero zero one five. But with the with the uh, inflation of our property values. There's virtually no one gets a tax uh, reduction in their property taxes. Mm -hmm. So uh, that, that's one of the things uh, primary on my, well, one of the primary parts on my, my list is to get this tax rate down low enough uh, to, to keep at least the uh, people's property taxes flat. Uh, the county will still grow as far as what, what their revenues are, mm -hmm. but that's going to be more focused on on new property coming into the to the tax uh, yeah. revenue stream. Okay. Um, and I know uh, when I was mayor in Curtin, mm -hmm. uh, I, I reduced the property uh, the property tax rate by thirty four percent in ten years. Oh wow! And so that that's a significant mm -hmm. that's a significant deal. Yeah. Uh, and at the same time, we we increased our our um, our what we have available to us, like a from from ten thousand to about one hundred and twenty thousand, our reserve account. So, and that, and that's done by by watching what you spend. Yeah. And so because of those things, we were able to lower that tax rate. Hmm. So, uh, it, it it can be done uh, at the county level, and okay. I think it needs to be done from talking to people, walking the streets. This is a big problem for a lot of people. So I think what you're talking about then is is a primary focus of you would be significantly lowering the tax rate, or comparatively. Speaking. Yes. Okay. Uh, it, when, when I, when I, you know, in in the city of Curtin, when I came on board, I believe the tax rate was around point one five six per hundred, mm -hmm. and when I left, it was uh, it was below uh, it was right around point one zero. Oh wow! So a, a significant amount enough to to make a difference for people. Okay. And you you still think there's enough to cut? Uh, within the budget of the county to afford that kind of hit? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, again, I don't. I don't think uh, uh, if you look at the budget and mm -hmm. uh, the the budget can continue to grow, but not on the backs of existing property owners. Mm. A as a as a new home or a new a new build building or business comes online, that becomes part of that tax roll, and that's what feeds your growth, not mm -hmm. continuously hitting the people that are. Yeah. Uh, have been there for 15 years and, and nothing's really changed. The only thing that's changed is this this um, um, illusion of this property value getting more getting higher. Yeah. And but but there's no more services that are being offered to that individual, that property owner. Right. So uh, that that's where I think we need to focus on is is the growth of the uh, of the budget would be focused more on new growth, not mm -hmm. existing, not hitting on existing people because it's it's. As everybody knows, they're getting hit from a lot of areas, from mm -hmm. from the school district taxes to uh, federal government. I mean, how much more can we take of that? Yeah, and one thing that we have found interesting, 
Um, this podcast is, is really sponsored by Habitat for Humanity. I work there. Um, anyone who works on this team does. And uh, one of the things we noticed recently, we built our first um, Habitat home outside of the city limits. So within solely the jurisdiction of the county. And to build out there, the fees to build were so much smaller than within the cities, right. either one of them. Um, is that another way that you could figure out how to fill um, fill the budget and, and, and I guess um, deal with this issue you're talking about where um, you're needing to cut things and reduce the rate? Well, uh, governments have a, have a way of disguising taxes and one of those is calling them fees. Hmm. So I'm not a proponent of, of, of uh, increasing, of making a bunch of new fees. Um, in a, in a situation for Habitat for Humanity, I mean, that, that's going to be a, a, new, a new property on, online that's going to probably increase the value of what that property was before. Sure. And, and there will be some tax revenue from that. Um, I'm not a proponent of, of starting to create a bunch of fees, because in, in reality, that is um, that's a tax. It's, yeah. it's more money out of your pocket that the government's going to spend. True. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Um, another big issue facing the county, and we can circle back to these things we've already discussed a little later if you want to, is I-14. You mm -hmm. know, if I understand it right, county commissioners oversee county ro roads and bridges, but they don't have, do they have any input into where this new interstate will go? And as it is right now, where are they predicting it? Uh, so yeah, there's a, a, a 2050 plan that's out there, um, and the answer to your question is: Do we have? Um, we don't. Do, the county does not have jurisdiction of where that's going to go. Sure. But I do believe we have uh, uh, the the uh, ability to help influence, mm. and, and that's uh, that's part of what I'm. Another reason why I'm running is because um, I, I've I've publicly stated. And in fact, it's not a. I work at Texas A&M, so uh, if I become uh, the next commission, county commissioner, I will I will be forced to retire. It's not a matter of would I, will I retire, but this is where I th I think I differentiate myself from from my opponents is I will be 100% dedicated to being county commissioner. There's no other I have no other uh, financial or business interest in any way, and uh, and so this is where you, you, a county commissioner can spend time. Uh, with the federal government, talking to them about, hey, how, how is this going to work? Because it takes a lot of time. Mm -hmm. I, I did it as a as a private citizen. I did it as mayor, and it takes time to to again going back to the project management yeah. aspect to kind of work with the other people to get some things done. Uh, I fourteen is is on my bullet list of, of an issue. Okay. Uh, currently, uh, the way it's 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 planned to go right now, uh, twenty seven miles of I fourteen is going to be in precinct two alone. Wow. And I've just I just calculated I overlaid the map and I just calculated a, a four mile strip of that and they're going to they're going to would have to tear down 33 homes uh, to to facilitate that freeway going with where it's it's planned wow. right now uh, and that's that's called eminent domain of which I am also totally opposed to okay there there are there are ways that it can be I am not opposed to I 14 coming in our, to our community I think it will be a uh, uh, economic uh, advantage to us that mm -hmm. we don't have an interstate. Uh, we're, the, we're the largest city in Texas that does not have an interstate sure. running through there. So, so that that's going to be good, but it has to be done correctly. 
And certainly it shouldn't, and again, I only calculated four miles of 33 homes. That's, that there's gonna be more. And, and we're going through some rural property that, uh, that are, are, are currently are farms that yeah. are helping you know, support our economy. Sure. And so I, I just, uh, and, and it, it can also help increase ur- urban sprawl, which is a, it should be a concern to all of us because if we keep taking farmland uh, away from that uh, inventory, uh, you know, West Texas doesn't grow a lot of a lot of stuff. So right, we we this is a very fertile area, mm-hmm. and and so we need to protect that. And again, I'm not far. I'm not against I-14, but there's certainly some places that I've I've looked at that it can be placed and still be effective for the community. So we've heard about two um, major issues that you're concerned about. The first is property taxes, figuring out how to make those not so impactful. Second one, I-14 and how that's managed. Uh, do you have any other, um, I guess you could call priorities? Uh, uh, well, uh, the, the growth in, in the county is, is exploding. And, and what, what concerns me is I go out and talk to these these people that are in, the, especially these new neighborhoods, there a lot of them are one and two street neighborhoods. Is who's gonna who's gonna pay for their roads when they need repair? And um, the, the, the this is a this is a, a, a huge issue because uh, roads are very expensive to keep maintained. Sure. Uh, in the city of Curtin, that was our biggest expense. That's what we looked at the most: is how can we keep these roads? And we didn't have that many roads. Uh, Braddock County has a, a lot of roads, and uh, and they're and they're paved. A lot mm-hmm. a lot of them are paved, not all of them. And I don't I don't uh, I know I have an opponent that wants to pave every road in Braddock County. One, I don't think it's necessary. Two, I don't think we have the the money to do something like that. Mm. Um, so uh, this this growth in the county is, is it needs to be uh, of course it's going to happen we're, we're growing and people are wanting to move out of the out of the the urban area of Bryan College Station out to the country but there are a lot of things that go with that you know again we, we don't there's we don't have a, a sewage facility plants we are pretty good on when it comes to fresh water uh, there's some company there's a company out there Wixon Creek Utility District that's kind of works very well with with that with the county. Um, but, and then, of course, infrastructure itself. Uh, we have some major roads in, in Brazos County, county roads that I don't think are uh, to, to what they need to be. One okay. of them is being old reliance. It runs through the heart of uh, a Precinct 2. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's not in the shape, but I don't think it, it, it should be. That should be a priority. Uh, some of these other roads may not be as much, but they're just not as much traveled. So, you know, sure. you, you have to decide, look, wh- where's the most important how can we get most bang for our buck on something like this? Yeah. So you also um, have a background in, um, I guess you would call it uh, accident prevention um, regarding uh, Highway 6, I think. There was a project you were working on. I was curious to hear a little more about that. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, when I was uh, uh, in, in, two, in 1999, uh, uh, we had moved up from Houston in 1997. And there was a stretch of highway between uh, South College Station and Navasota that was a four-lane undivided highway. Oh, okay. And I, I, I had been the, uh, there'd been a lot of accidents there and, and traveling back and forth to see my parents in mm-hmm. Houston, I would get caught in these accidents. And then one, one Sunday, and specifically on Easter Sunday, uh, I actually witnessed uh, an accident that was uh, something that it, it changed uh, kind of changed my DNA when it came to what is going on here because I saw a, this terrible accident. And uh, so 
I started kind of investigating, like, what's going on here, and, and, and when, when's something going to get improved? Mm-hmm. So I started digging into it and um, found that the, the road was not planned to be improved until about 2015. This was now around the year 2000. Okay. So I thought that was just uh, seemed a little odd to me that as highly, as much traffic that is, uh, you know, game days for A&M. Yeah. A lot of students come from that part of, the, of, of, yeah. of Texas up to A&M. So I just started uh, investigating and found out there was about 24 people had died in, the, in, the, in that previous 10 years, or, oh, wow. or maybe even shorter than that. Uh, and I thought, what, what's going on? So uh, I talked with TxDOT, and they confirmed that the highway's not going to be built until about 2015. So I just simply I put out a website. It was called Highway 6 Kills. And uh, I called KBTX and I called the Eagle, and uh, they came out and, and kind of interviewed me. Yeah. And this this uh, uh, movement uh, really started to, to build. It was covered out of a station in Houston, and wow. uh, so there was a lot of a lot of pressure got put on politicians <laughs> and virtually then down to the text dot. Anyway, they they, they started uh, they decided to uh, expedite that highway. And it, it was completed, I think, in 2008. That's awesome. So does TxDOT not like you anymore? Well, uh, <laughs> they asked me uh, what, what was in it for me. And, yeah. and there really there wasn't anything in it for me other than, you know, I, I wanted to see it was a highly used highway. And a lot of people had been killed on it. Yeah. And if you, uh, on my, my website, votevitulli.com, there's a, I, I had a compilation of, of news stories. And, and there's, there's a lot of tragedy. Mm. There are people that die. There, there, there are a lot of white crosses along that, yeah. that, that yeah. stretch of the highway. And it, it's just, that's, that's kind of another reason why I'm running is I'm, I'm trying to be a, a public servant. It's just, um, it's something that my parents instilled in me and it's something I believe that we have to give back to the community. We just can't keep taking, yeah. we have to give back. Okay. So are there any um, hot spots as far as accidents uh, that the county has jurisdiction over that you're looking at should you be elected? I haven't, uh, I haven't heard of anything county-wise. Now, there is, there is certainly uh, uh, 1179 is a, another major thoroughfare that goes through. Again, it's a state road. Yeah. But, but this is where if a, if a normal old Joe citizen like myself was able to help yeah. facilitate that, I can only, as, a, as a, a county commissioner or anyone, if they can get that support, then I think... Uh, Things can get done quicker, and quicker. Okay. So, so as a, if I'm elected county commissioner, uh, 1179 is going to be my going to be one of my priorities as far as roads, even though it's not a county road. Mm-hmm. But you have to again spend that time uh, talking with TxDOT and talking with the you know our state local representatives to help push that forward. Yeah. That that's I think that's part of the job of a county commissioner. That's why it takes a full time county commissioner that's going to spend that yeah. kind of hours doing it. So being affiliated with Habitat, and we, we're an affordable housing provider, um, obviously I want to hear a little bit about some thoughts on more affordable housing types, whether it's um, you know rental or ownership. Is there a place in the rural county specifically uh, where that's um, appropriate? Or, as you said earlier, uh, do you feel that, because obviously whatever affordable housing would have to be more dense. Mm-hmm. Is there a place in the county for affordable housing? Well, I think there is. It, here's, here's my my take on this a little bit, is um, 
living in the county is not always affordable. Right. There, there, are, there are infrastructure costs that uh, are uh, people that live in, in the city do not even, they don't think about. Mm -hmm. An example is, is you have to have an aerobic system. Mm -hmm. Well, aerobic systems today typically run about $7,500 mm -hmm. per home. Um, so that, that's, that's, that's before you even uh, lay a slab or, 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 or do anything. So that, that's, that's an issue. That can be an issue compared to what a, a more of an urban or city environment. Right. Uh, there you may have a, a hookup fee or something like that, but not. And then, and then you have to also uh, you have an annual uh, this this annual uh, uh, contract you have to have for mm. for inspections. Okay. And that, so that, that's another two hundred to three hundred dollars a year. Right. So so and and then of course then you got the whole infrastructure. Uh, the county typically they're, they're kind of shying away when they build new neighborhoods. The, the take from what I understand has been. Uh, hey, y'all gonna have to pay for that road. We're, the county's not the county is not obligated to take over a road from a neighborhood. Oh, it, it's, it's not an obligation. It's 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 something hmm. that they, they they grant. Well, the stance has been here of late more so is you know you build the neighborhood, the developer, and and it's gonna be your road. Well, like I said, uh, roads are very expensive to maintain. You most of them are all uh, asphalt roads, yeah. and they have to be maintained. So they're not maintained. They will, they will basically they'll yeah. disintegrate and go back to gravel is mm -hmm. what's going to happen. So that's an expense. Yeah. So, so how would a, a, a dense area that we're, we're trying to build uh, affordable housing, if you're in an environment that's not overly affordable to, to live in? Mm -hmm. uh, I'm certainly not opposed to, to, to having that. I personally think that, it's a, that affordable housing is, is more conducive to more of an urban area where you have transportation. You have your people are, are closer to their work environment instead of living out and having to travel uh, 15, 20 miles or so. So uh, that's the way I see it. I, I certainly wouldn't be have any objection to that. Mm -hmm. uh, th these, these people are our neighbors that live in these homes and they deserve the, the same thing that we have the opportunity to have. Mm -hmm. It's just that is it can we still maintain it and can it still be affordable? And I think that's that's the question. Yeah. Um, and so the we keep referring to the county. Really, what we've been talking a lot about is the rural parts of the county. But obviously, precinct two and the rest of the precincts have an urban part of it. You mentioned about the cities. What in talking about affordable housing, as an example, um, what are some things if what you're saying, um, you know, turns out to, to be an issue, which I think most people would agree, as far as how much it costs to live out there. Are there things that the cities could be doing to help kind of take the pressure off of these more expensive rural areas? Um, because I think you and I would both agree that, especially in the ETJ, mm -hmm. there's a lot of growth going on out, a lot of building right. um, that's, that's putting a lot of pressure on that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so the, on the ETJ, the, the thing about ETJ is a kind of a, a people don't understand. There's a there's a, there's a, a radius around all cities mm -hmm. uh, in, in Bryan College Station. I believe it's three miles and it's like in the city of Curtin. It's, it's a half a mile. So it's just it's this weird zone that the, the city really doesn't have much authority over. The, the only thing they really have authority over is uh, is the subdivision ordinance part sure. of it. But other, other than that, it's kind of it's, it's kind of willy-nilly out just like it is out in the county. So um, so I, I think that the city, when it, when it comes to 
outside their city limits and in their ETJ, they don't have much say-so over things like that. Now, there is a there's a, an area that is going to be of deep concern to a lot of people in, in Brazos County, and that's it's called mud districts that are coming up. Uh, now, that is a concern because, and that should be a concern for most of these are, are done in the ETJs of, of cities. And just a quick deal, uh, cities can only annex, uh, Brian and Kyle, can only annex into their ETJ. They can't go past that. So mm -hmm. if the ETA, ETJ for Brian and Kyle Station three miles, they can only annex mm. three miles out. And then their ETJ, ETJ expands. Yeah. But, but um, the, the, the part where uh, the ETJ, this, these mud districts are coming in, most of them are, are going to be in the ETJ of cities. But since they're not in the city yet, they have to be signed off. The roads have to be signed off by the, by the county. Uh -huh. But the tax rate, the taxes that, that to retire these bonds that, in my opinion, developers are, are the ones that are making the money, uh, is uh, the tax rates are, are huge. Right now we have two of them in Brazos County, and their tax rates are, are $1 per hundred, which mm. is, is higher than both the city of College Station and the city of Bryan. Mm. And, and these, uh, uh, again, coming from Harris County, the, these never go away. Yeah. And uh, unless the city annexes that property. Got it. So I don't know if I answered that question. Yeah. But but there's 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 certainly um, in the ETJ there's some there's some issues there. It, okay. Got it. Well, with the couple of minutes we have left, um, is there anything that uh, we missed or anything that you would like to tell the listeners, watchers, uh, and how can they get in touch with you if they want to help you or learn more okay. about what you do? I appreciate it. Uh, so my, my campaign is kind of a grassroots. I'm trying to, 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 to do word of mouth. Uh, okay. I, I don't have a, a haven't spent a lot of money mm -hmm. on my campaign yet. Sure. Uh, I've been walking door to door and talking to people, and I think that's the way to get to know what's 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 bothering them. What do they need from their government? But I'm kind of a a, a less government kind of guy. Mm -hmm. um, we obviously have to have government to to to, to run our right. streets and stuff. But my my take is less. Uh, if if we give our money more money to the government, that's less money for us to do what we what we what we yeah. need to do with our sure. with our families. So uh, that's kind of my. Kind of my, my baseline there, okay. but um, and then the other thing I, I mentioned is this growth. We, yeah. We've got to be on top of that as as, as the county because yeah. um, there there are things uh, the developers can be kind of tricky. And when when people uh, buy homes, they might not know everything that's going to go on with this. They just see a street there and they have no idea of what's going to happen with that street. And talking with these people, uh, yeah. walking, they're saying, uh, Mr. Fertulli. I got a street out there, and they're they're telling me that the county won't take it, and we pay a hundred dollars a year for our homeowner association yeah. fees. What are we going to be able to do? And I'm, I, I hate to tell them, but a hundred dollars on you know fifty homes is not going to pay for yeah. road maintenance. So wow. uh, I, I think again, as a county commissioner, I think we need to to be involved more with these developments and and make sure that people are aware of what they're getting into when they buy in the Gosh. country because a lot of people just don't know. Well, uh, Mr. Vitulli, uh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, we really enjoyed having you on Think Brazos and hope we can do this again. Thank you. Just, I, I encourage <laughs> people to go to votevitulli.com. All right. Thank Sounds you. Sounds great.
Think Brass's podcast is brought to you by Bryan College Station Habitat for Humanity. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Alexa. We'd love to hear from you and what you think of our content. You can send us an email at thinkbrasses at gmail.com or message us through social media. Thanks for listening. And just remember, think local, think brasses. Thank you.